Hi everyone, welcome to Clearview Community Church Online. My name is Clayton, and I'm really pleased that you have chosen to join us today. Now we are one church in multiple locations that exists to help people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. And we have weekly worship services in Stainer, Cremor, Collingwood, and Wasaga Beach. And now for details about those or anything that you need to know or want to know about the church, feel free to reach out to us via our website, clearviewcommunity.church. So today we're looking at Luke chapter 14, verses 15 through 24, but I want to give you some context first. Jesus has been invited to the house of the Pharisee. This means that it's a religious, a Jewish religious expert who holds a fair bit of political power and influence, and he has dinner there with other Pharisees and teachers and experts of the law, influential people. And they check all the boxes that the world would consider as good traits. You see, they're well-educated, they're self-sufficient, they have a nice home, they're smart and respected and honored in public, and people looked up to them and they held influence. All these things are going on in their lives. And in the middle of this dinner, a man who checks almost none of those boxes shows up. He's sick and Jesus heals him. And there's a bit of this confrontation that happens in the moment because it's on a Sabbath day where the Pharisees felt it wasn't right to do a work like healing someone on the Sabbath rest day. Now, on the other hand, Jesus, he points to the idea that if you are able to save someone from danger, especially on the Sabbath, anybody would do so. And so Jesus, he has the ability to heal the man on the Sabbath, and so he does. Now, the reality of the conflict is that the Pharisees felt the man wasn't worthy enough for this or honorable enough for this. He wasn't even invited to the dinner. And Jesus confronts their honor-driven and motivated lifestyles and decisions, and he challenges them to invite the outsider to the next meal. Because it's the people who are only known by their descriptors, like the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. These are the ones that need to be known and cared for as full honor-valued people. Now, Jesus demonstrates these principles in action, and then he tells a story, which is where we look at today from Luke chapter 14, verses 15 to 24. So here's what it says. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And now Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Now the first said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. And now another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. So please excuse me. And then another said, I just got married, so I can't go. And the servant came back and and reported this to his master. And the owner of the house, he became angry and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of this town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there still is room. And so then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will take get a taste of my banquet. This parable 
It's an interesting one. It tells the story of a banquet and the master of the house who invites a list of people to it. This is going to be a huge party, it seems. And the Jewish tradition here is you would invite people twice in a sort of way. First, you invite someone in a save the date type of fashion. Keep this date open on your calendar because we're going to party. But then the time comes for the actual banquet, the actual party. And he sends his servant for this second invite to tell everyone to arrive because everything is finally ready. But the responses are of reasons, reasons why they can't go. The first excuse is because someone bought a field, so he's going to go see it. The second excuse, because a person had bought some ox, working animals for the farm, and he has to go test them. And then lastly, there's a man who's just been married, so he's not going to go. Now, it's important to look at these to get some deeper understanding as to what is actually happening and why the master of the house responds in the way that he does later in the parable. So first, the man, that first man, he says no because he bought a field. Now, remember, he's already received the save the date of this banquet, knowing the date was coming. And he received the social honor of being invited. Now, though, as a last minute rejection of the invitation, he is dishonoring the inviting family, the inviting household. Plus, this is a field. He could have bought it another day or the other day or gone to see it the day after. To consider that the pressing need over of social obligation of the banquets would be less is incorrect. Furthermore, it's a property purchase. And for those of you that have ever bought a property like this or, or bought farmland maybe like this man, there is no way you would buy that with your hard-earned money without checking it out first. But this man has made the purchase and instead of going to see the banquet or going to the banquet, he goes to see the land. Now the second man has a similar story. He bought five yoke of oxen, meaning he purchased 10 oxes. Now this is farm equipment of his day. He had bought farm equipment and he declines the invitation to go and to the go to the banquet instead to check them out. And this is the same as the man previous. He could have bought them another day or the day after, or he could purchase them and then attend the wedding and then go and see them the day after. The similar uh, story here happens. Why would you spend that much money on a farm uh, or farm equipment without testing it? No farmer in this day and age would buy a tractor without doing research and thought and talking to others. No farmer then would buy five pairs of ox without testing them and checking them first as well. And lastly, we get to the man with the short story, the third one. He says, I just got married, so I'm not going to go. This seems like a more reasonable excuse. Hey, I, have ma I got married, I have responsibilities, and those responsibilities have changed, my commitments have changed, and so I can't go. Now it speaks to an Old Testament idea that a man was to be at home for the first year of his life after marriage. But this was more directed to allowing men an exemption from military service within that first year of marriage. It's not to allow the marriage as a social excuse for obligations. And it definitely, absolutely, wasn't offered as a reason to dishonor the man with a last minute decline of an invitation. You see, all three of the stories are clearly invited. All three clearly knew what was going on and all three didn't have the consideration to communicate their conflict in advance. The picture is clear. They were dishonoring the host of the banquet with weak excuses. And they're contrasted now with the host's command to his servant to go and find all the people around who were considered dishonorable, the outcasts in the community. The host tells his servant, go out quickly into the streets 
and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame, all these people who are considered outsiders and typically would never receive an invitation to a banquet. But this still doesn't fill the banquet hall. So the master tells the servant, go out again, but go further into the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so my house will be full. And this paints the picture of going into the outskirts of the community, not just to the ones who are close and convenient, but to the really, really outside of outsiders. The misfits among misfits, the outcast among the outcasts, invite them too. And what we're shown is three sets of people. The first group is a group who's clearly invited. And the second group is the new invitees who are outcast. And the third group is the new invitees who are the far away outcasts. And it gives me a picture of the invitation today. You see Luke who writes this gospel. He's looking at everything with hindsight. And the readers of Luke are there as well. And they read and hear this with the full knowledge of the stories about Jesus Christ, who was killed and rose again. They live in this hindsight. They live in the midst of a sweeping movement where people are going around and around and around and inviting others to enter into the kingdom of God through and because of what Jesus has done. And you know what one of the most common, one of the most common New Testament illustrations and metaphors of God's kingdom is? It's a banquet. The readers of Luke 2,000 years ago and us today see this picture, the picture of those who are clearly invited, those who are close and invited, and those who are far away and invited. And we are drawn to the inviter and the invitation. And the inviter is the master, the host of the house, the host of the banquet, who has invited everyone to enjoy and to join his banquet. And when we read this parable, we see God's initiation and invitation to people to join the kingdom and receive the blessing of the banquet, to have our souls and our hearts nourished to completion. But there's the invitation. It's been given to everyone, and I mean everyone. To the people who felt like they belonged, yeah, it's been given to them. But be careful of your excuses and taking it for granted. And the invitation also, it's brought to those who look from the outside in. But it says you're invited too. The ones who feel like they've been completely cast away and never in a million years would receive an invitation. They're invited. What are you invited to? Well, Jesus speaks to it throughout his Gospels. That he in his life and his death and his resurrection is bringing a new new kingdom, a new banquet, a new framework of life, a new way of being. And in doing so, he takes care of sin and evil in the world once and for all. And in his life, he shows us what it means to walk with God. And in his death, the Bible tells us that he took the sins of the world onto his own shoulders, meaning that all the guilt and the shame of what we've done, our evils, our mistakes, our rebellions and rejections, he's nailed them to the cross. He killed them on the cross. In doing so, he experiences the death and destruction that sin brings into the world, not because he deserved it or earned it, but because he didn't and was willing to experience that on our behalf and in our place instead. And in this great exchange, the innocence of Jesus is given and invited to us in exchange for all we've done. But in his resurrection, he defeats that death and destruction. He says to sin and evil in the world that it is finished, it is defeated, and now it holds no more power over us. So now there's the invitation. If you want to receive that invitation of what Christ has done in his life, death, and resurrection, your seat at the banquet is there for you. You know what this speaks to. 
It speaks that the invitation does not require qualification because none of us are qualified. The reality is that we're all outcasts in a way because of the sin in our lives. But Jesus makes a way that all who call on the name of Jesus Christ will be saved, that the sin problem in the world has been taken care of, and that the sins of the world have been taken away and nailed to the cross. And today, the invitation is for you. Would you receive the invitation that Jesus offers you today? I would encourage you to do so. So let's pray. God, thank you that you've invited me into a relationship of hope, love, and joy. Thank you that you took care of the sin problem in the world, but in my life too. And that there is now nothing that separates me from your love and I can join you in the banquet. I pray for those, God, who feel like they're the outcast or the misfit. God, I pray you show them your deep love for that person. Help us to hear from you today and to follow you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us today at Clearview Community Church Online. Now, if you have any questions about what we talked about today, or you would like somebody to reach out to you or to pray with you, or if you have any questions about our children, our youth, or our discipleship or community engagement initiatives and programs, I'll tell you what, visit our website, clearviewcommunity.church, and you can connect with us there and find everything you need to know. So with that, God bless you, and we'll see you next time.